Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cinema Gems. And as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral. And as always, we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown, so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist. And of course, while everyone is reviewing Avatar The Way of Water, we, as an independent video store, are reviewing Muppets Christmas Carol, the Christmas classic or holiday classic, whichever you like to use or watch or see. I, pers I watched this movie at least more than six times between Thanksgiving and the end of December. Look, guys, we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown. So yes, I've already said this again, but I'm going to say it again to drill it in your to drill it in your e-holes. So come check us out. But of course, the Honorable Tesla and the fantastic Miss Frieda are bundled up because it's getting a little bit chilly here. A little bit chilly. I think by the end of the week, it's supposed to be 18 degrees in Central Florida. Oh my God. That is a Fuck little that. bit chilly. Oh, and randomly, that random voice coming out of nowhere is, of course, the illustrious Butt Maestro himself. How's it going, buddy? Hi, ho. <laughs> Welcome to Cinema Gems, everybody. Yay! I'm, okay, no more Kermit the Frog. I'm done. I promise. You, you don't have to click away. I'm, I'm done with the Kermit the Frog voice. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We are another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds talk about the movies and TV shows they love. And yes, the Admiral is absolutely right. Not only has he been begging me to review Muppet Christmas Carol with him for the last few years, but we have patiently waited until its anniversary. This movie yes. is as old as I am. <laughs> exactly yeah. I mean, as it's, old as I, I, I think actually. It, I think it's six months younger than you are, but yes. For, for podcast yes. purposes, this movie is exactly as old as I am. <laughs> yes. uh, and I also want the listeners to know, uh, the theater of the mind, the fantastic Miss Frida looked straight at me when she heard Kermit the Frog come out of the headphones. <laughs> Legit, she's like, Kermit the Frog's here? Alright, alright guys, so let's just start off. This movie came out 30 years ago. Um, it is a... Basically, the second era of the Muppet movies when they started to do like um, kind of uh, recreations adaptations. of yeah yes adaptations of works that have already been done, and they weren't as well received as the original three. So this one we're kind of like kind of not. You have seen Christmas Carol of some sort. It's been published since the eighteen what sixties seventies. Yeah, is that. Uh, so we're not going to go plot by plot point of each thing, but we're going to go, oh, hey, look at this Muppet. Oh, hey, look at Michael Caine. Oh, hey, look at this scene. Oh, hey, look at Gonzo and Rizzo hanging out as being the narrators and Charles Dickens himself. Okay. So where would you like to start at But Maestro? Admiral, you still there? Of course I am. What would you oh, like okay. to start with, But Maestro? The the time-space continuum kind of crapped out on us for a second, a.k.a. Discord being lame. But, uh, yeah, this this movie uh, being an adaptation of the Charles Dickens novel, which everyone is at least a little bit familiar with in some capacity, because there have been countless adaptations of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. In fact, before the end of the episode, I would love for anyone watching this to email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com and tell us your favorite or least favorite adaptation of a Charles Dickens work. Uh, it doesn't have to be A Christmas Carol because his other works have also been adapted thousands of times. 
So go for it at cinemagems15 at gmail.com or you can tweet that at us at cinemagems underscore pod. Uh, this starts with Gonzo the Great being our narrator, being embodying Charles Dickens and telling us the story as we go, um, which I think is a great touch. Uh, it opens up with a fun little musical number setting the tone for this. Uh, and I can't think of a bad song in this movie. They're all at least a little bit catchy. What, when Would a cold wind comes and chills you, chills you to the bone. And this is coming from someone who uh, is definitely played out of Christmas and holiday music. Uh, someone who has been in ensembles for decades. Uh, and I'll be very happy if I never ever have to play Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride or Christmas Festival ever again. I hear them in my nightmares. So a Christmas movie that makes its own holiday music is very refreshing for me. There are there are hardly any uh, recognizable classic Christmas tunes in this. And is it because Paul really Williams did most that. of the work? Yes, that's correct. You, you like Paul Williams? I'm not too familiar with him. I know he's done some work with uh, the Muppet Studios before. Um, yeah, he's done most of the work. And the music was uh, also would... done by by Miles Goodman mm -hmm. uh, as well. Um, and yeah, no, great music all around in this movie. We'll talk later about some specific songs that really stand out to us, uh, and some that, uh, one or two that actually didn't even make the final cut of the movie, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, yes, so basically it shows that, oh hey, Scrooge is a curmudgeon, um, and he doesn't really like anything to do with Christmas because... Christmas is a horrible trauma to him, and he really needs to talk to a therapist, but he just chooses it to hold it down on the inside. Um, I appreciate you for having a healthy attitude towards Scrooge, for because for the longest time, I fucking hated Scrooge. Until very recently, I hated A Christmas Carol, because why does this asshole get a second chance to be nice to people. And I've kind of turned around on that in the last few years of like, well, you know what? This is literally his last chance. After yeah. a lifetime of being a nightmare to people, this is life hitting him with a brick wall of oh shit, of this is your very last chance to turn your life around, or you will die and not just be forgotten, but laughed at. In death. Yeah. Uh, I also personally like, I don't know if you've ever seen the Flintstone uh, Christmas Carol. I've liked that one a I'm lot, I'm sure too. I did when I was a kid. I uh, don't I'll, remember it. Also, the Bugs Bunny one was also a good one, too. Um, but look, we're Ooh. here to talk about the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, so, yeah, so Am basically... Am crazy to think that there was an adaptation of A Christmas Carol where George C. Scott was Scrooge? Yes, no, you're 100% sure, yeah. It's Scrooge. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that's one I feel but like I, you've probably seen because it's George C. Scott. So. What do we think about Michael Caine, Michael Caine, as the okay. lead in this, as Scrooge? So, Michael Caine is an amazing actor. He is a, he is an, a yes. talented thespian. He's great. He cannot sing that well. I'm going to beg to differ. He's at least a little bit better than Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> 
my god, I can't believe I went to go. I, literally, that was the, one of the first movies that I watched in me and Patron's relationship, and I couldn't get through it. Like, and time shopper! I had to get through it, but I was like, Russell Crowe is horrible at this. And I basically was like, No, if, if the senior programmer is listening to this, I'm so sorry. Um, I, and I, I was still like, stand I was, by I went up to Patron. But I'm so sorry. I went up to Patron and I was like, Hey, so I watched Les Miserables. And she's like, Okay. She's like, What'd you think about it? I was like, I really didn't like... John Beljean and she's like oh you're not supposed to he's a horrible singer I was like oh thank god because that was the worst part of the movie <laughs> yeah so I, I will defend Michael Caine's attempt at singing because at least he was trying yes and all I have to say is <laughs> and and in his defense he had a whole shit ton of incredible musicians and Muppet co-stars on the set with him, encouraging him and supporting him. Uh, unlike Russell Crowe, who was surrounded by Broadway A-listers and couldn't be bothered to take advice from them. Because so, he's Russell Crowe. You know, I, I will defend Michael Caine's attempt at singing in this, because at least it is passable. Mm. Uh, no, I 100% agree with you with that. It's like, it's like, at least he's trying... He's trying very hard. And at no at no point in this is it established that Ebenezer Scrooge is supposed to be a fantastic singer. No. So I think Michael Caine made the right decision by singing where he could and kind of speak singing in other parts. And I think it still worked. Mm -hmm. um, the real musical stars of the show are the Muppets themselves. Yeah, you got Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit. Mm -hmm. You got uh, Robin... Uh, as his nephew as Tiny Tim. You got Miss Piggy yep. as Mrs. Cratchit. You got... So guys, I completely forgot to mention Sprocket from Fraggle Rock is in a couple of scenes uh, in Type of the Windowsill. And you can see him going out and interacting with the characters and throwing things at the characters. And I just really like that that character was brought back from and reused again um, in like a different type of Muppet uh, film or a Muppet TV show, or something else to do with the Muppets, not just thrown aside and forgotten. Um, I forgot to mention it on the original one, so it's edited in now. Um, you, If you hear uh, TV shows on in the background, that is the, the Rifleman. Um, I watched, I have that on when I edit the podcast. Uh, so yeah, guys, so back to the show. And two, like, junior Miss Piggies? And a little Kermit, another little baby Kermit. Um... Like, I'm sorry, that's borderline Miss Piggy overload. I can barely handle one Miss Piggy at a time, but three on screen at the same time is overload. Miss Piggy cubed. Um, and uh, and then, oh, all I gotta say is, I love the Marley and Marley song, because it is Statler and Waldorf as the Marley brothers, and it's amazing. So, uh, when we had to read this, I, I'm pretty sure you had to read this in high school, too. Um, we had to read this yes. exact like Christmas Carol, and the entire time reading it, I was just envisioning the Muppets. And the point that still sticks with me is there's a bit of stew about you, and he's like, "Oh, the change, Ebenezer." Um, that song really sticks I, out. To I am me. grateful to one of my middle school English teachers because within the same year 
she had us read a Christmas Carol over Christmas break, and then at the beginning of the next semester, Oliver Twist. And oh, I'm wow. actually very grateful that's... that we read a Christmas Carol first, because that's a very good introduction to the kind of language that Charles Dickens uses. And without that context, Oliver Twist makes borderline no sense. Do you mean just like Bean Bunny when he when uh, when they get stopped by uh, Gonzo and he's like, "Oh, I mean, what, sire?" Like, <laughs> just like autocorrecting yeah. himself to uh, Victorian England, like, "Oh shit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. um so so the Marleys so warn him. Just like in the regular Christmas Carol, yeah, he's visited by a bunch of spirits. Whoa, he's whoa, first visited whoa, by whoa. the Marley brothers to warn him that you'll be visited by three spirits. But you're right. I love uh, the the Marley brothers song in Statler this. And, and I love that amazing. Statler and Waldorf are the happiest they've ever been. I almost <laughs> I almost did a spit take and no one would have seen it but the dogs. Yes, that is an accurate <laughs> description. And also, this is like really the last time we get to see Statler and Waldorf be Statler and Waldorf because after this, they were just like, oh, we're just going to make jokes about the Muppets, how they stink. Like, this is like the last time okay, cool. we actually get to see them, as cool. you said. That's what I was happy. thinking because they weren't always just the guys in the balcony roasting, being hecklers, right? They were, but they made their jokes better than what they and ultimately turned out to be in the later scene and what they are now in the Muppets. Like they're just like, Oh, Hey, we're yeah, here. This is one of the only times where Statler and Waldorf aren't relegated to being the hecklers up in the nosebleeds. Uh, and I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then, uh, Statler and Waldorf's like, Hey, you'll be visited by three, by three ghosts. Expect the first, uh, ghost by one. Um, and I love that Gonzo's on the outside screaming into the window, expect the first ghost by one. And we get to see this terrifying Muppet and Patron literally closes her eyes when the ghost of Christmas past is on because it's scary looking. It's very, yeah, it's, it's pretty creepy looking. Um, and I do have something that I need to open later um, that we've already specified I will open later, but it's from a very special person, Jim Strangepork, and he's more of a Muppet fanatic than I am, so I'm assuming he's going to talk about certain things that we don't know, and that's one of the things that I don't know, so I'm assuming he's going to talk about it. So we'll open this later um, in the episode. Um, but basically he takes it, and we get to see Sam the Eagle, and Sam the Eagle says one of my favorite lines. It's the American way. And I love that Gonzo's like, Sam, Sam. Oh, the British way. Um, the British way. Uh, and then we get to see. <laughs> and then we get to see Scrooge it's grow so up good. to hang out with Fozzie. I'm sorry, Fozzie Wig and Fozzie's mom. Uh, and they. Who owns a rubber chicken factory. Right? Uh, and, then, and then they have a Christmas party. Um, and we get to see a young Michael Caine. All I have to say is the eyebrows are perfect. The eyebrows are yes. on point. Everything else, okay, yes. but the eyebrows are on point, bro. Eyebrows are on point. Uh, do you have anything else to say about uh, the Fozzie Wigs scene and about how he meets Belle? I, I just... 
I, I love everything about this Fozzie wig scene. I love how Fozzie is in and out of this movie. One quick joke and then done. Um, do, you you had mentioned before the show uh, that you wanted me to, to talk a little bit about a certain cut song. So, right? Yeah, When Love Is Gone, uh, which was originally filmed, and I do not think it was released in the original cut. It was released in the director's cut. Um, and No, but on Disney Plus, under the extras, yeah. not only can you find the song by itself, as it would have been in the movie, but there's also a cut of the movie in which this song is seamlessly integrated. Okay, um, so how do you feel about this song? Because I want to reserve my feelings to tell you after you talk about it. It's a B song. Uh, it... it my biggest problems with it after listening to it are its instrumentation. Uh, I think the piano and percussion and pizzicato strings were too staccato and too uh, marked for a very somber, very sad song. I think if they would have changed the instrumentation to be more legato, more drawn out, more sincere. Uh, this could have been a gut-wrenchingly sad song that could still be adapted and used as a breakup song uh, to this day. Okay. Uh, they, they were almost on the precipice of making a timelessly sad song uh, because the words are beautiful. The instrumentation could have been better. Uh, I think the, the, the girl's performance in this, uh, the girl that got to play Belle, was fine. But I could absolutely see this being covered by, you know, Edina Menzel, you, you name it. Like, what, whatever weird mezzo-soprano wanted to cover a very sad song just for YouTube views. Okay, see, I personally, um, maybe if they would have done a different stylistic percussion as you mentioned maybe the song would be better but i really don't like that they introduce a character and then immediately like in the next scene they're like oh this character's leaving and they get this big illustrious song and i'm like and then they're gone from the movie i'm like so i will say the, okay the the song itself at least for me is of is one verse too long okay it is one verse too long but the major redeeming quality of it, and I highly encourage you to go into Disney Plus or maybe find it on YouTube. At the end of the song, Michael Caine being a ghost in the background, watching his ex ex girlfriend dump his past self, is starting to sing harmony with her, and then falls out and just starts crying behind her. And not gonna lie, that got me. <laughs> oh, I mean, look, that's that's fine. I I did I didn't think you. My, Michael Caine is just a fucking expert actor. He's a thespian, get it right. <laughs> and he knows how to portray heartbreak, uh, but also acceptance of the purpose of that heartbreak. Like, I think you see in him Ebenezer Scrooge uh, understanding why it had to happen. Okay. I mean, look, you know? that's fine, and I like that I got that viewpoint of you. Um, I guess me just watching it for so long and, and knowing, like, every beat to the, to, to the movie... I always felt that was like out of place, if that makes sense, to me. To me. Totally fair. 
and I I completely understand why they cut it from the kind of uh, from the final cut of the movie. Um, I think if they would have worked on the instrumentation a little more and maybe cut one verse out of the song, it could have fit really well. Okay. And it could have been a really like genuinely heartfelt moment in this movie. Uh, again, it's a B. Well, let's move on to the Ghost of Christmas Present. Know me better, man. Love this guy. Um, I. Fuck, okay, fucking love this I'm gonna guy. be honest with you. <laughs> when I saw that, when I when I knew we were viewing and we talked about it and I'm watching this scene, I go, "Man, the Butt Maestro is gonna be this character. Like, this is Butt Maestro. This is Butt Maestro if he was a ghost. <laughs> this is Butt Maestro. Fuck you, but also thank you. <laughs> Eighteen hundred before you imagine the grocery bills. I'm just like, wow, Scrooge. Is that all you're worried about? The grocery bills." and we get to see how hard times everybody is on and how you know there's there's a there's a derelict uh stool in the side of the cratchit house that it will be vacant in a couple years and we get to see how scrooge impacts the entire community about how he affects everyone's lives not just because he is a part of their lives but because he holds a bunch of deeds a bunch of uh housing developments and we also get to see the joyous and happiness of people and the camaraderie of the horses that if you look into their eyes for too long you see the deads of their souls because i don't know about you but when those horses are on screen i'm like i cannot look in them in the eyes i cannot Look at them in the eyes. <laughs> it's their it's their soulless eyes. That's what it is. Um, but no, I mean, besides going any further, uh, I just wanted to say that part that I like this scene because it implicates Scrooge as a pinpoint to everyone because he is so vastly wealthy because he has such a stronghold in the community. Do you have anything else to say? And because he is so selfish Correct. with his wealth. Correct. Uh, one of the standout scenes of the movie is uh, his nephew having a Christmas party. <clears throat> and this is in almost every adaptation of a Christmas story, but uh, of a Christmas carol. Um, but his nephew having a Christmas party and playing charades, playing 20 questions, and it, them making Scrooge look like a total fool. Which is weird coming from his nephew who is so charitable and so kind, but I think it shows that like even the most charitable and kind people have a limit. Yeah. Of how much selfish bullshit they will deal with. Yeah. Oh. And I, I think for for that to be shown directly to Scrooge is a big wake up call for him. Yeah. And then we get the next ghost, the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And uh, this Muppet... This one scared the shit out of me yeah, as a this kid. This Muppet doesn't talk. In every adaptation of A Christmas Carol, this one always scares the shit out of me. Uh, this Muppet doesn't talk. This is uh, If I had to rank um, scariest uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas ghosts of yet to come, it would be Scrooged at number one and then this one as number two. Um, because this one is not only creepy, but you literally do not hear him talk. You do not hear him do anything. He just points his derelict 
robe, and it's like, you are a fucking Muppet. Yeah. I do not want to see what's underneath you. He's, he's the Grim Reaper. Exactly. It's exactly what he is. Um, and we get to see how better life is without Scrooge. We get to see how people don't give a shit about him. We get to see how people steal shit from him when he's dead in his bed. Hmm. You have anything to say about the gross of Christmas yeah. pat or yet to come? Um, I I think it is the perfect cherry on top of the oh shits that Scrooge is being given. <laughs> um, and I think it works out perfectly. Um, and I did one of my favorite uh, lines in this movie. I have a meme for it, and I'm gonna send it to the butt maestro right now. Um. Uh, it's uploading right now. Um, it's it have to do with Rizzo and Gonzo, and it's an amazing, just joyous little poke at the audience. Um, and it's uh, oh, it's uploading now. It's gonna be sent to you in a second through Discord, but you know. Are are you texting it? Are you texting I'm, it to me? Or are you I'm discording? discording. You're discording I'm, it. I'm, I'm sliding your DMs with your Discord images. Oh God! Please don't. <clears throat> It's just Muppet jokes. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. Um, but while, while this is... I, I have not, re- you not it's yet okay. received your meme, Admiral. It, it's okay. It's still uploading. But while this is going on, uh, basically uh, Scrooge sees the, sees the errors of his ways and how he needs to chains, change. And the Ghost of Christmas yet to come. He's like, uh, will it be... What happens if I change? And the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come doesn't really say anything. Falls into his bed, immediately wakes up, and changes. Like a snap of his fingers. Immediately wakes up and is like, I need the, the, biggest, the biggest Christmas turkey ever. Uh, goes over. <laughs> I just saw your meme. <laughs> Beth, can, you, can you rely it to This Christmas, don't forget. <laughs> so, top image. Uh, the the classic silhouette of the uh, the Bethlehem manger, Jesus, Mary, Joseph. This Christmas, don't forget the true message of the season. Zooms in to show Rizzo in the manger. Light the lamp, not the rat. Light the lamp, not the rat. Uh, and his tail is on fire. <laughs> um, that is. That's pretty yeah. great. Uh, Patron found that and sent to me because that's one of my favorite jokes in the entire. Uh, uh, entire movie mainly because it's just so subtle that it's like it shouldn't it shouldn't have happened but they went for that joke they went for it they broke the fourth wall a little bit but it's hilarious um and then uh he, he sees the air of his ways he goes and sets up different things um and this song okay this song is probably my favorite song michael kane sing talks through if you want to call it that yeah um uh, because it's just, it's just so, it's so nice to see Scrooge actually happy. Like to see him care about other people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, and then, uh, I love that he's, he goes to Bob Cratchit's house and he's like, Hey, you weren't at work today. And he's like, Oh, 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 you gave me the whole day off. And Miss Piggy's like holding off on him. And he's like, Oh, well, I sh- about to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> well, I have to raise your salary. She's like, I'll raise you. Wait, what? And pay this mortgage on this house. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Uh, and then 
we get yeah this this whole last scene is just wholesome as fuck yeah. uh screw turning it around uh having christmas dinner with everyone being charitable being kind setting a tone for a new life a, a do-over um realizing how fucked up he was by being so selfish and by taking his trauma associated with with christmas his loneliness and taking that out on people less fortunate than him yes uh so that is a a, a muppet christmas carol 1992's a muppet christmas carol so i'm gonna go ahead and open up this like thing that was sent to us by jim strangeport um it is a wow it's it's a phonographic cylinder holy shit what? tesla can you get the photographic cylinder player? Thanks, buddy. Do you, do you have an adapter for that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. Well, hello there, Admiral. I am sending you this message via photographic cylinder from the year 1843, as they have just published a novel, A Christmas Carol, by a young man named Charles Dickens, a blue furry fellow. It's a wonderful book, and I'm sending you this to open and play on your podcast for the anniversary of The Muppet Christmas Carol, one of the greatest films of all time, in my humble opinion. The first movie I ever saw in theaters. Uh, and the directorial debut of the great Brian Henson, son of Jim Henson. Um, and this is such a fine occasion. I even dressed up extra special for this recording, uh, you know, in the finest attire I could get of the era. Uh, the course is a bit tight, but I think the bustle and the bonnet really pull the whole the dress together for me. So... I wanted to share with you some wonderful facts about Muppet Christmas Carol. First of all, is that this movie, when it first released, was not well-received at all. Uh, the best that could be said about it was that it was mediocre uh, reviews. It was not well-liked by any critics. Uh, I would also like to point out to you that so many wonderfully obscure Muppets do appear in this film. Uh, many for the first time in any Muppet movie including Mr. Curly Twirly, the stunt cat from Dog City, Bobby Benson and his baby Bam from The Muppet Show, Jerry and the Actress, the Minstrels from Fraggle Rock, and the Snowman from Muppet Family Christmas. Uh, I would also like to point out to you that there are two songs on the soundtrack. Everyone knows When Love Is Gone, but there are two songs on the soundtrack album that were never filmed for the film at all, and they are wonderful. The one is Bunsen and Beaker singing a song called Room in Your Heart, and another one with the great and amazing Sam Eagle singing Chairman of the Board. And if you have not heard those listeners, you should look them up right now. Uh, also, the amazing effects in this film, The Ghost of Christmas Past, they got that amazing look by filming that puppet in a vat of oil. It's just, it's floating in oil. It's so ridiculous. It's so amazing. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I just wanted to reach out and share all this joy. I love the film. It's one of my all-time favorites. And uh, I am so excited for you to open this on the 50th anniversary of Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, hopefully you have not made the mistake of opening it on the 30th anniversary, as that would trigger uh, a series of events that will lead to the end of the world. Um, also, Admiral, I am stuck here, and I need you to come and get me in your nearest time machine, if that would be possible in any way. Damn it, Jim. I'm an admiral, not a doctor. Oh, thank you. You made it. Yes. Here, hold this. We got a lot of things to fix, all right? Come with me. All right, will do. 
Wow. That was very insightful. Well, and um, I didn't realize. Thank you, Jim Strange Pork. I didn't realize I time traveled too much. I guess I have to make that happen. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, on Cinema Gems, we have a rating system here: full gem, an amazing movie; half gem, an all right movie; no gem, a horrible movie. But Maestro, what do you give Muppet Christmas Carol, nineteen ninety-two? The same age as you are, sir. I, I think it's an automatic whole gem. Just by being a Muppet, a Muppet movie, by uh, Michael Caine's performance, by all of the Muppets' performance, by the seamless integration uh, of live action to Muppet acting that they handle better than most animated studios. Um, yeah, whole gem. Easy. Um, a whole gem as well. I give it a, f- uh, a full gem, a whole gem, a whatever amazing gem um but also i did want to point out one thing to you um uh so you know when in the beginning sequence when uh scrooge is walking along the corridor along the the thing so he had a very thinly like not not two by four length but a very like maybe two foot wide length to walk on as the puppeteers are on the sides with the muppets like Going up on side of him. So if he fell, he would fall on top of people. That is amazing yeah. how much that shot is done. And also the just the way it's filmed and the way you do not see Scrooge until the end of that song is probably why that's my second favorite song. I'm sorry. I just wanted to mention that because that popped in my head again. But yes. No, that's great. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Also, guys, just remember to go to LorainePictures.com. Marty and the Arrogant Zerber. Thank you for letting us be on your website, lowrainpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And also, guys, the holidays is in full flux, is in just on away. It's already here, guys. You cannot stop it. Hanukkah started. Flux is a good way to put that, Admiral. Yeah. Well put. Some say I am a wordsmith. Um, It's probably because I read too much. Oh my god, I read way too much. I like reading in dogs more than actual human beings. Maybe that's why I host a podcast. It's because I really don't have to get input back from the listeners. Maybe. Hey y'all, here here on Cinema Gems, we are truly non-denominational in the way we celebrate holidays. Um, And so whatever this time of year means to you, if it's Christmas, if it's Hanukkah, if it's Kwanzaa, just a time where you sit on your couch and you like regain social battery. I hope this time of year is good to you, is peaceful, is as stress-free as possible, and can't wait to see to talk to y'all again yeah. uh, after the holidays. Guys, just remember to take time for yourself before you interact with any other human being, even if that human being is a partner that lives in your household. You may need some social reconstructed battery, solar panel, refusion of energy. You may need dogs to give you that energy of petting them and and loving them and letting them sit next to you while you watch a movie that you both like to watch. Because I don't know what it is, but it's when Gremlins and any Muppet movie on, the Honorable Tesla's like, what's going on? What is going on? 
I understand what's happening on the TV. <laughs> I know what's going on. So, guys, just remember. Before we close out the episode, I want to ask the Cinemaniacs, I want to ask the listeners listening in, uh, what are your favorite holiday or holiday-adjacent movies? Uh, I just made GLaDOS watch uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie for the first time about a week ago, and they seem to have loved it. Wait, they've never seen it before? Uh, but please tell us your... They had never seen it before because they were, I believe the wording was they were traumatized by an advertisement of the mask that was on the same VHS as uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch. And I can understand that because the advertisement for the mask was just botched. Yeah, it It made it look a lot scarier than it really was. Yeah. But email us in and let us know what you, what Um, your favorite movie to watch around this type of season is. Uh, you know, and also just have a wonder. You can email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. You can also, for the moment at least, tweet at us at cinemagems underscore pod. Yes. Um, guys, just remember that it is a time for family. It is a time for humbleness. But also, it's also a time to retreat and think about your entire year as a process and feel, have you grown as a person? Have you not grown as a person? What can you do better for next year? What can you do to help you grow to be a better person? It's also totally okay if all you did this year was survive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what that's I did. That's okay, too. <laughs> that's what I did. I just survived cling on. To f- hanging on by the seat of your pants and just hanging oh. in there and surviving. That's totally okay, too. Oh. And we're proud of you for it. See, I hung on by the seatbelt strap. I literally was like holding on for dear life. I'm like, ah! That's what I was doing. That's just me, though. That's how I, li- I like to live life on the edge. Um, but got- uh, Before we go, thank you always to our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family, both in Florida and Louisiana and all over the place. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all for your constant input and criticism and ideas. Please keep them coming. We love you guys. Yes, guys. Also, just remember that... It's uh, it's the time to season to, you know, to reach out and talk to people that you haven't talked to in a while. Just be very mindful that if they don't reach you back, it's not you. It's how they like to process it. So, guys, just remember to wipe your hooves exactly. and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter, guys. Always. Happy holidays. See you later. Love y'all. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, uh, Merry Christmas. All yep. of that. And also, Bye, happy guys. life day. Bye.